Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the word. Today we have a uh, special guest with us. Uh, we're so honored that he's here. Most of you guys know Pastor Tommy. Pastor Tommy's been coming here uh, for a number of years. Uh, he lives in Lafayette, Louisiana. He is Pastor Tommy Jr.'s father. Um, obviously, we all used to work together under his leadership in Louisiana where he pastored a church there. Um, I, I, can, I can never overstate this man's influence in my life. Couldn't do it. It would be impossible. There's so many things that I admire about this guy. Many, many, many things. And I, I once again, don't have time to tell you, but I honor him today. Uh, I'm so grateful for his voice in my life. And I would just simply encourage you to open up your heart and to receive from him today. Y'all give Pastor Tommy a good old main welcome today. Now I've got to live up to that. Okay. Uh, no, I, I count it the greatest privilege to be here, um, to have a pastor and Jen in our lives for so many years. Uh, we've got funny stories. We've got crazy stories. You know, it's, it, I appreciate Pastor coming up and praying because in the first service, you know, each service kind of has its, its feel in the sense of what God is doing. And it was profound. I thought, you know, it was it was. We had a great time in the Word, and yet it's, you know, God saying, hey, I've got some things I want to tell you, and, and, and walk that out. And same thing here. And so, you know, pastor getting up and praying, hey, there's people need God. Um, and that is a profound statement. It, it, it seems simple, but it's more than that. We need God. Uh, I shared this in the first service. Um, we're six siblings, myself and uh, four brothers and one sister. And uh, a one week ago, and thank you for letting Tommy come, we buried one of my brother's first sibling to pass. And, but he was so profound in, in, in the things of God. Just pastor, they know. I mean, he knows Bob. I used to call him, I mean, in my whole life, I used to call him a black lab. I mean, he was so faithful. I mean, he was the poster child for faithfulness. And there's no other way to say it. But... Um, about a year ago, I mean, he was ill, and, but, but about a year ago, he told me this. He said, Tommy, I've learned two things in prayer. One is you say, <laughs> he said in prayer, God help, and number two, God thank you, <laughs> you know? And it, I mean, you could culminate it. Yeah, we, we say all kinds of different things in, the, in between those things, but that's really what it comes down to. It's God help me, and God thank you, you know? And so I have something I believe really exciting to share today. I mean, I'm serious. I believe that it fits so profoundly. Many times, you know, we always believe um, I'm coming with something I think God has dropped specifically, right? And we believe for that. And and we believe that. Like you said, expectation. And I believe for that. But yet today, it seems even more than... It's not... Greater than ever, it's, it's when you expect. It's when you want God to speak. And so if you're here, sitting right here, you're breathing. We're glad you're here, right? Because God has something for you today. I have no doubt in that at all. And so if you would, why don't you turn to Mark chapter 10. That's where we're going to live today. Uh, in, in Mark chapter 10, we're going to start at verse 45. And I just, I just think it's a, an incredible thing. And, you know, I had... God just was downloading so many things at the first service, and I had written some down, and I shared with during that service, and, uh, and you know, I love the worship team. I love the, when the congregation comes with an expectation. You see, there, there was a release. I mean, I'm sitting over here, and, and, it's, and we're pressing, we're singing, we're worshiping, and then, boom, release, openness. And that's when you, you begin to go, there's times you're sitting there and you'll say, wow, what's that? Or man, that's something really exciting right now. God's always ready to do something unique in our lives. It's up to us to just press into that and say, God, do something in our lives. Are you at Mark chapter? Aha, you heard me. All right, Mark chapter 10. I am there now. And we're at 45. So we're going to be talking about blind Bartimaeus. 
And a pastor said it's one of his favorite accounts in the Bible. That's, is that true? And uh, so I love sharing it, and I hope that God has something special for us today. I love putting myself in the Word, if I could set it up this way. Uh, sometimes we read things, and we just go right by them, right through them as if nothing. In this account, blind Bartimaeus finds himself healed by Jesus. And we're going to get to this. But I want you to look at me if you have your Bible open. And, and uh, Aubrey, I don't know if I'm going to mess you up. I'm sorry. I said this earlier. You know, uh, media people, sound people, or all of that, we never really think about them until something goes wrong. And everybody turns around simultaneously and, and looks, right? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but they do a phenomenal job always. But in verse 40, 42, it says, Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Now look at this. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. How many of you think that's an understatement? I mean, how many of you think that's truly understated? Come on. That's, now that's the end result. We're going to get there. I'm a little ahead of the game here, but I'm just trying to go with the Lord here. What I'm trying to say is, is that the Bible sometimes, he wants us to dig that out. He wants us to take time and stop and go, wait a minute. God, you're not telling us what happened to Bartimaeus. We don't really hear about him ever again. We what happened to him? Can you, can you tell us something? What happened with him? Well, he just got healed and just decided, I'm going to go with Jesus. Ding. All right, next chapter. No, it's not like that. I mean, think of this. Okay, you've been blind. It says, in some translation, it says he wanted to regain his sight. In others, it says to gain my sight. Either way, here's a guy who's an adult who hasn't had sight for a long time. It, it, it crushed his whole life. It held him back in so many areas. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We'll see that. And then all of a sudden, Jesus makes him whole, and, he, and it's like, oh, wow. Oh, that's what a tree looks like. Oh, hey, Cousin Ernie, how you doing? Oh, okay, well, I'll see you all later. That is not how that stuff happened. Think about you, whatever age you are. If you're young, I mean, believe it or not, I was young once. And, or, or if you're, you know, older, middle-aged, whatever you think of yourself or view yourself, think of being your whole time up to right now not being able to see and just like that, you can see color, you can see texture. All of a sudden, you're putting sight to what you've been feeling. I mean, that's crazy stuff. That's awesome. That's, that's the stuff Jesus does. I had a girl, her eyesight totally restored. A simple prayer. I, it was a Wednesday night. Just Lisa and I prayed for this young lady. He, she had married a man who was abusive and beat her with an iron skillet and left her for dead, and, but she lived, and they had to put pieces on her, in her skull, and she had, uh, her eyes had high, high, high pressure, so she had a hole in the side of her head where they would put a tool, this sight tool, where they could see the pressure on the backside of her eyeball, and what they would do is they would check that once, or if it was bad, twice a week. She needed big glasses, couldn't see, pressure all the time. They had to release that pressure if it was because of the way she had been beaten. And so she came in. I didn't know any of that. Isn't that the kind of cool thing about God? And so she just comes up on a Wednesday night and just goes, I just need you to pray for my eyes. Oh, okay. And Lisa and I, my wife, and she's not here. Boy, she really wants to be here bad. This is a quick trip. We're going to be coming back. We're, we're, we're. All right. And so... Um, we just went, Jesus, touch her eyes. I remember just laying hands on her and God touching her. We just move on. She called me the next day. Hey, my eyes are doing much better. And then I didn't hear from her for a few days. She comes back uh, two weeks later and tells me the story. She said, uh, the next morning I woke up and uh, my eyesight was 20-20 with no glasses. And she went to the doctor because she thinks something's wrong. I, I mean, well... <laughs> No, but it's kind, of, it's kind of like Rhoda. Uh, hey, guys, Peter's at the door. It can't be Peter. He's in jail while they're praying for Peter to be set free. Okay, anyway, I'll leave that right there. Okay. <laughs> and she, so it's like my, she went to the doctor. She said, check my eyes. And so he puts the tool, and this was her version. I won't say all the explicitives that the doctor said, but it was, what's wrong with this? Give me another one. Puts it inside, takes a look, says, what's wrong with this? Third one, puts it up there, looks, 
and goes, okay, I don't know what's wrong, but all of my equipment's broken because your eyes are perfect. And so he says, come back. So he says, come back in a, in a week if you have any, you know, comes back, same thing. One, shh, perfect, two, three. And he goes, come back next week, and if your eyes are perfect, I'm going to go to your church. I wish I could say better. Three weeks, her eyes were perfect to my, still perfect to this day. Doctor never came to the church. But you think that guy got a little dose of his stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? That was some, see, he goes, what'd you do? They just prayed for me. Jesus touched my life. See, this is what we're talking about. This is the type of transforming moments that change a person's life. Come on, anybody in here with me today? Uh, As you know, this is a little different than this morning. See, God does... I want you to understand, it's not that God um, is, is manipulative or whatever, or calculates. or He just goes, I know what you need. And we just got to walk in that. And that's what I'm trying to do, sharing with you this morning. And so God says, I want to show you some things, some ways you can step into and receive not only what I'm doing for you, but what you can help others walk in. Can we go with that today? Is that okay? So let's, so let's go at it. All right, we're ready? So let's look at Mark chapter 10. Let's start at verse 45 because this verse sets up the rest of the context. 45, for even the Son of Man, now this is Jesus speaking, did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So that is the heart of God. That is the very heart. Jesus said, I didn't do anything unless I see my Father doing it. That's a really cool thing when you think about it. And again, it's like a little sentence and you go, wow, that's kind of, when I try to walk that out, that's a little something. I just, just what my father does. That's why we stop and we go, Lord, what are you saying right now? That's why we do that. That's, that's how that comes about. Even Jesus got away, didn't he? It says, and he got away to pray. He got away to be with his father. He got away to hear the voice of the Lord, of his father. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So if he can do that and needs to do that, how about us? We've got to find that time. All right, so you ready? Let's read together. Come on. Don't check out on me. We're ready to go. Verse 46, now they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho, and his disciples and a great multitude, got that? So he came into Jericho, again, understated, came into Jericho, now he's leaving Jericho. I mean, that's how simple it is, but now he's got a crowd, disciples in a crowd. So he comes in, the guys, right, Jesus and the guys, and they leave with an entourage. Are y'all with me? Because he did things, because we don't get it, but, but you know Jesus didn't walk in town and went, nothing's going to happen today. No, <laughs> He didn't go anywhere where stuff didn't happen. I mean, stuff happened. So he comes in, and now it doesn't tell us everything, but they probably went to the temple, right? They probably spent some time there. He ministered, did different things, walked through the city, and now they're exiting. It's later in the day, and they're exiting Jericho. Are you all with me? Okay. So he says they're exiting Jericho, and now they came, and as he went in the great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now before we go on, I want you to catch this because this is hugely important. We know that um, Bartimaeus was blind, we know that he had a dad named Timaeus, and we know that he was begging because he was blind. Let me give you a little more insight, if I could, and this will help build the picture as we read this to really bring some context to what's going on. Bartimaeus, his name means son of the unclean, because his father, Timaeus, his name definition was unclean, foul, and polluted. So here we got a guy on the side of the road begging As Jesus in his entourage, not that he asked for them, but his disciples and then all the people following, as they're going out, there's blind Bartimaeus, son of the unclean foul man, already a beggar, come on, already filled with shame, already filled with everything else that goes along with that, and Jesus starts walking his way. Man, I love it, because when Jesus comes in a room, things change. See, the Jesus that's inside of you, when you come in a room, things change. So isn't this a cool thing? So he begins to cry out, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, right, he begins to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
That's what your Bible says? Or the notes that are up there? <laughs> Jesus, have mercy on me. Then many warned him. In other words, to be quiet. You know what that means, right? Hey, beggar, shut up. Now that was the nice version. that They told him to quiet down. But you know what that looked like. Here's Jesus and all those. We're following Jesus today. We can't be bothered with you crying out like that. I'm telling you, can I tell you something? Revival is, has the ability to be messy. If you've read historical, true revival, not what we call, you know, three days of services or something, you know, and go, that's revival. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm talking where whole regions are transformed, where this, the name of this church is on everybody's lips. Man, I don't know what's going on at Anchor Church, but God's there. And you go, Tommy, it's not about to be... I, man, I get all that. But I'm telling you, a unified people go out from a unified place. So guess that's, that's the, called the church. <laughs> Are y'all with me here today? And so what happens is the power begins to just touch. I mean, you can't, you can't not be touched. You can't not be touched. This man begins to cry out. He's on the side of the road begging blind... Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, dude, be quiet. But then, don't you love this? Watch this. And they warned him, um, but he cried out all the more. Isn't that cool? He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Isn't that amazing? It's like, no, no, no. Y- y'all going to try to shut me up? Just, just try. Because he sensed there's a moment. He had a moment. Remember, I want you to get the picture. Jesus with his disciples and then all the people following. He's coming through Jericho. They're on their way out at the, towards the end of the day. And as they're walking out the end of the day, he goes, when he get, think about this. All right, so let's say that it's where, blind Bartimaeus is where Chris is. He starts hearing all this stuff way over here. Now you've been there. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do something. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm going to embarrass myself. No, I won't. I need to do it. No, I... Am I the only one? (laughs) I got about a hundred stories telling you how I failed, but how God gave me a second chance. And so so I would just go, God, I'm sorry. If you'll let me go back, I'll I'll do it. So um, here he is here walking, and he can hear... He's over there, Chris, right? He can hear all the chatter. You know, it's Jesus. It's, it's not Jesus necessarily. It's all the people. Man, we're walking with Jesus. Come on, man, Jesus. Wait, I can't wait to see him do something else. Look at Jesus. We're walking with Jesus. And the disciples are going, you know, we do this all the time. And then just, and when he gets here, I'm thinking he let him get a little past almost. And then he goes, if I don't do something now, it's over. Now you go, God doesn't give us chances. Like I said, Jesus, in our, in our ability scripturally, we can call on him at any time. It's up to us. It's always available. It's up to us. And as he walks by, he, you don't think he, and all of a sudden it's like, that's it, I'm going for it. Now you think he was the only beggar? There's no way. Because you see, they all kind of hung out together. If you've ever been to third world countries or other countries where that happens a lot, which I've been to many they congregate in the sense of where people come through, whether they come in or whether they're going out or whether, you see what I mean? And so they, they, they work with people. Hey, come on, give me a little bit, you know, whatever. And what happens is you know that there's, they're lined up. You know they're sitting there or standing there wanting something from someone. And in this case, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And he recognizes that Jesus, the lineage, right, the lineage of biblically of King David, Son of David, have mercy on me, you see? And as he's gone by, then all of a sudden he's like, this is my moment. This is my moment. I can't let this pass by. I can't let this moment. Let's keep reading. And it says, I love this. Look at 49. Jesus stood still. That's kind of cool. It specifically says, another way to say it is he stopped. Somebody got his attention. For some of you, you go, I can't, get, I can't seem to get Jesus' attention. This is a day where you're going, no, no, no. 
I get his attention. You see, he comes and he says, Jesus stood still. And um, I said this earlier, and, and if you can help me with this, but I, don't, I, can't find, I can't find another scripture that I know of where Jesus said, go get them and tell them to come here. And it says this, look at this, how cool. He says, Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called. Do you know what that means happened? Look, then they called the blind man, probably the same ones that were telling the other guy, you know, telling him to shut up. Now they're going, oh, wait, 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 Jesus, okay, wait, Jesus wants him? Oh, okay, I can do that. And they, they go over, he says, call the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. So they come over and they say, dude, the master's calling you. Be of good cheer, I mean, be of good cheer. Dude, this is it, you know, like this is a good thing. Come on, he's calling you. Now remember, sitting down, covered in a cloak, blind Bartimaeus. And Jesus Man, Jesus, that is really insensitive of you to not know that he's blind. That's the world we live in today. Jesus understands something that most don't. He was the only one willing to cry out. He was the only one willing to be rejected. He was the only one willing to be ridiculed. He was the only one courageous enough to go, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew it was coming. He knew it. How many times do you think he'd been beat down and said, quit? And here's another chance. But he was willing to press through that to say, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that's a request. Do you agree? Have mercy on me. That's a request. So let me share something with you. Many of you know there were three times of prayer in a Jewish life during a day. Right? So basically early, noonish time, and in the close of the day the, when the sun's going down, those kinds of things. So the first part was considered the Abrahamic morning prayer. And that was considered love and kindness. So prayer focused along those lines of love and kindness. The second one was Isaac, which was noon, which is awe and justice. Is that cool? Awe and justice. You know, because Jesus, if you're going to be just... You'll respond to Bartimaeus, you see. And then as they were walking out the rest of the day, it's, it's um, Jacob, and you ready for this? It's characterized by these two words, mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. Son of David, have mercy on me. You see? So God connects those things and recognizes what's going on at this moment. Isn't that just powerful? So look at this. He says, verse 50, go with me. Throwing aside his garment. Now there's many people could make comment on that. But I want you to think about something. That cloak that was on him, that beggar's cloak. They actually call it that. It was kind of like your license to be a vendor. Are you getting that? In other words, it was kind of like being a If you had that cloak you were sitting down, they let you do that. So it was kind of like having a license. I'm a, I'm a blind beggar. So that cloak, you don't understand, he didn't get up and go, take my hand and bring me to Jesus with his beggar's cloak on. It says he threw it off. Now, it, does, it, it says that specifically. I mean, we've got to understand, God didn't bypass that moment. He clearly states he throws it off. He throws it off. I mean, look at it. Are you reading the same thing? I'm, and throwing aside his garment, he got up. I mean, before he got up, he didn't take it off. I mean, in other words, he didn't get up and didn't take it off. He took it off right where he was. You see, he had been waiting for this moment. Do you think that this blind beggar had thought if God would only... Now, we're talking in Jericho, right next to Jerusalem. You don't think he knew about the Jewish temple and the Jewish God, Jehovah, that he would heal him? I mean, do you, you understand what I'm saying? He's sitting there. If I could just find my moment, I know God would do something for me. And here's his moment, right? Isn't this powerful? He throws off that cloak that says, I'm a beggar. I'm blind. Not only this. I want you to understand something. When I say what I'm about ready to say, I want you to just take it in this context. When he throws off that cloak that has covered his shame, that it's covered his weakness, that has covered his scars. 
that has covered his rejectedness. That has covered his undervalued person to nothing. He was throwing all that. Do you understand? I mean, what, what I'm trying to get you to see is that he threw all that off to say, no, 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 I'm going to the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one the Bible talks about, the one the Old Testament talks about. I'm about ready to talk with him. Son of David. He understood his lineage. Are you, are you getting that? And he walks up, it says, he throws his garment aside, that cloak, that robe, and he says he goes to Jesus, and Jesus asks him a question. What would you have me do for you? If you stood before Jesus today, and I'm going to let Pastor close the same way he did this morning. I thought it was fabulous. I'm going to let, I want you to do that, if you don't mind. He stood before Jesus and says, Jesus goes, what would you have me do? For some of you, you might be saying, Wow, it's kind of ridiculous. But you see, the same way Jesus said, go call him, is the same way he's asking that question. What do you really want from me? What's really going to make a difference? I mean, I, I did benevolence for 30 years in the church, helping people and assisting real people with real needs. So no problem. But I mean, the truth is right here, if he paid his phone bill, that's not going to help him tomorrow. If he, pay, if he pays his, his rent, if he pay, are y'all getting what I'm saying? Or buys him a bag of food. That may be good for like one or two days, but the truth is, what does that really mean for his life? You see, if he just sat there and went, man, you know, I'd really like, uh, my cloak's kind of worn. Can you get me a new one so I can beg better? I'm, I, I'm not, you know, are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes we, we have the ability to be short-sighted. And look, that's me first. If I could lift my hand, both hands, feet, it's me. I'm, I'm there. But what I'm saying is God goes, I want you to see it my way. I want you to see. And so he looks right at him and says, what would you have me do for you? And he goes, he had been, he had been thinking about it. He didn't, even, he didn't even pause according to the Bible. What would you have me do for you? The blind man said, and it could say immediately, Lord, teacher, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. He knew what he wanted. If you stood before God right now, would you know what you would ask? Would you know what you would ask Jesus at this very moment? And then it says, and Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you well. Again, very understated. Isn't this powerful though? Isn't this a powerful moment? Let me throw a few things off, uh, through things to you. That identity that he threw off. That mercy and that truth. Remember, we're at a moment of, of uh, Jacob. Mercy and truth. Because if he said, what would you have me do? Well, I cried out for mercy over there. You only get one request. No, no, no. He's going, what do you want me to do for you? Okay, I've heard you. Mercy is getting what we really don't deserve, right? But when a person has the power to do something, that's Jesus. When he has the power to impact a life, touch a life, make a difference in a life. And that's exactly what's taking place at this very moment. And as he's there, he says, what would you have me do for you? And again, let me ask it to you this way. How do you think Jesus talked to Bartimaeus? Let me tell you what I mean. At any given time in your day, you have challenges, right? I know none of us ever, man, I got to run, throw keys down, gone, or whatever. I mean, we've all been there how many times a day? But listen to this. If I'd ask you, how do you think Jesus responded to Bartimaeus? You think he responded to him roughly? You know, what do you want, Bartimaeus? I mean, really? Aren't you Timaeus' son after all? Why are you bothering me? I stopped, didn't I? Can you get to it? Y'all would, would be shocked. There's no way he did it that way. I'd be shocked. There's no way he did it that way, right? He stopped. Remember, the only one who cried out, that's what the Bible says, there's only one that cried out. And everybody else was like, man, I missed my opportunity. But he cried out and he stops. It says he stopped, called for him, throws off the cloak, rises up, and they're telling him, dude, this is it. This is your moment. This is your chance. Get ready. And he goes over to Jesus. Can you imagine how he got over to him? 
Jesus, keep talking. I can hear your voice. I'll go to your voice. I mean, something of that nature. And he gets there. Do you think he was uninterested when he talked to Bartimaeus? Do you think he was annoyed? Or do you think he was gentle and, and very real with him? Bartimaeus. I mean, he could have been, when I say firm, you know, more like, Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? He could have done that. Or he could have been also, Bartimaeus, what would you have me do for you? In other words, I've stopped. I'm here. You're here. Here's your moment. What would you have? Oh, son of David. Oh, I tell you. I want my eyesight. See, what it doesn't say is, if I had my eyesight, I could work. I wouldn't have to be a burden on my family. I wouldn't have to beg people and get kicked day in and day out. If I had my eyesight, I could get up. I could have my own family. I wouldn't have to live out this name anymore, son of the unclean. I guarantee you that would be broken forever. You get what my point is? Where you go, this is it. It stops right here. That's the power of what Jesus does in a life. Bartimaeus, he didn't say it. We don't read that. But that's what he was saying. It stops with me, Jesus. If, some, if you give me my eyesight, if I regain my eyesight, if I get my eyesight, it stops today. It stops with me. We're going to go forward differently from here. I guarantee you that. You go, Tommy, how do you know that? Watch this. Read the next verse with me. It says... Go your way, your faith has made you well. That's kind of cool, but this is the most cool thing. Immediately, that's what it says, immediately. What? He received his sight, that's awesome, and followed Jesus on the road, or some translations, in the way. And that's where the term in the 70s and 80s, in the way. They had the way Bible, they had, you know, it's kind of a charismatic renewal thing. Uh, the outpouring of, the, uh, of, of that time frame, the 70s, you know, late 60s, 70s, and even a little bit into the 80s, the way. In other words, he followed Jesus in the way. Now, again, we don't have a lot of information, but how many of you know that had to be exciting? But think of this. When the prodigal son, if you know that account in the Bible, it says that he came, the father, what's the first thing he put on his son? The Bible says he put a robe on him. A robe of what? Family, a robe of kingdom, a robe of restoration, a robe of your back. You're where, I, you're where I created you to be, right here in the house with everything that comes with that. That's what, when he threw off that cloak. How many of you can see Jesus after he's healed putting on a different cloak on him? One of righteousness. Come on. One of kingship. One, one of, you get what I'm saying? One of family, one of kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Because you see, if you go read that account, and I, and I can encourage you to do that, go back and, and read about the prodigal son. It says, Jesus says, this is what my kingdom is like. This is what God's kingdom is like. And then he gives that account. So this is exactly what he's saying. It's kingship, it's family, it's eternal. Isn't it part? Come on, smile with me or something. This is... This is good stuff. You get, you get what I'm saying? There's so much not said, but God's going, what do you think that means? What has happened in your life? When I did that to you and took off and you ripped off that cloak of whatever it was. Come on. A cloak of whatever it was that you threw off. And Jesus goes, you did it by faith to go, Jesus, put a different cloak on me. Not one of bondage, not one of hiding, one of transparency, not, not in a weird way, but a way going, God, here I am in all of everything that I am. And God goes, no problem, kingship, <laughs> friendship, come on, kingdom, family, the family of God. And he says, and he followed him in the way. I think that that is so much of a defining moment. It's absolutely unbelievable in that sense. I mean, it's believable. I, got, I guess God could say in that it's unbelievable because it's totally believable. But the point is it's so powerful because many times the devil goes, it's impossible, it's impossible, it's impossible. Don't tell me there's not a real devil, folks. Uh, well, okay, I won't go there. There's a real devil. He's out to really take you out, and he wants to stop God's kingdom, and he knows his time's short. That's what all this stuff is about. 
But I want you to know when you stand up, you don't have to argue with people. All you got to do is go, God, the anointing that's on inside of me, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And when I stand next to you, I just aggravate demons in you. So when people come against you like that, it's just because the spirit of God aggravates them. So all you got to do is go, oh, I recognize, you know what? Jesus is just trying to just reveal who they are. And then let's let Jesus do something about it. Can I, can I tell a, a so uh, one time after service, we were praying with people, altar was lined up. You were there. I'm pretty sure you were there. Y'all were there because uh, Pastor Headley, I think, was still there and uh, lined up with people. And so I started praying with people from over here, all kinds of great stuff. And I stop and there's this girl and these two guys. And man, the Lord, I pray with the girl. She comes to the Lord. I, I want Jesus. Just gives her life to the Lord right there. I go to this guy, and, uh, and the other guy was with the girl, and the guy in the middle was the, at that moment, was kind of the, wanted to stop him. But he came. And so I, when I stood in front of him, I saw the Lord's foot. I know, don't ask me what his foot looked like or what kind of shoes he had. I, didn't, I saw God's foot. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell him that the power he serves compared to my power is like this. And he said, I saw a foot stomp the ground and then twist it out. And he said, tell him, tell him. And I'm like, uh, I better know that's God, number one. You know, Wednesday and Thursday, we're going to hear the voice of God, right? You know, how to hear God's voice. Lord, is that really you? Yes, it is. <laughs> and I went, okay. I mean, you know, I mean, God, like, he just, right, he just grip, rip, rips your heart out and goes, tell him. And I went, this is what God says the power you serve is compared to who he is. And I did the whole thing, and it, well, I was very dramatic. No, I'm not doing the twist. And he looks at me, and he goes, Okay. I want to know Jesus. And he prays, and then the next guy prays. After everything's over, that guy comes to me, and he goes, did they talk to you about me? I went, man, I'm sorry, but I never saw you before in my life. I have no clue who you are, what. I just, you know, I just did what I thought God was telling me to tell you. He goes, because I'm a third-generation Wicca witch. And he said, there's no, he goes, I could not even think while I was in here. I couldn't even concentrate. I couldn't. In other words, everything that he was trying to conjure up to, to come against the power of the gospel was just, I mean, it was just like falling to the ground. He couldn't even, do you understand what I'm saying? And that, that's why he came up, because it boggled his mind, because he couldn't do that. And then here I am going, God says the power you serve compared to who he is like a little roach. I mean, wasn't trying to hurt his feelings. You know, it's just trying to set him free. Y'all with me? See, this is, what, this is the kind of thing that you saw take place. This is what this section of Scripture tells us. That's the kind of things Jesus, the hope that he gave blind Bartimaeus. When he went by, this is my moment. This is it. If I don't take it right now, if I don't take it, come on. If I don't take it, it's going to pass me by. And he's going, Jesus goes, wait. I hear faith in that voice. I hear something in that voice that stopped me. I hear something in that voice that wants what's real. I hear something in that voice that's not asking me for a, a piece of coin. I hear, somebody, I hear something in that voice that says, I want something real. See, God hears that. You see what I mean? And when we come and worship, God hears the real thing. And he just, that's why he responds the way he does. So beautiful in worship, right? Come on, are y'all still with me? Let's do this. When he stops, Bartimaeus, I believe, showed Jesus his faith. I believe his previous action, his calling out is what showed him where his faith was. Because you, if you're taking notes, you can write this down on your phone. It doesn't matter, paper, whatever. Faith equals risk <laughs> equals trust. Bartimaeus is going, 
I got to show a little faith. I got to trust that Jesus is real, who they said he is. What the Old Testament talks about the son of David, about whether it's in Psalms or in Samuel, where he says that he'll have someone on his throne through his lineage. I got to go for it. And he goes, I'm going to risk everything for this moment. And really, truly, when we step out, that's, that's some of the things that we do. You're, you go, Tommy, you don't understand. I'd like to say I probably do. I mean, I know I'm not you, but we've walked out a lot of things. Just like that. Pastor Quentin has made me share the ice cream story so many times. He'll tell you about it later. Total faith. I mean, huh? Oh, just say, look at him, quit. I mean, I'm just saying there's so many times when, you know, I'm sitting in a, my wife and I are on vacation. I'm sitting in a subway and uh, God says, go tell that girl sitting at that table that her father wants her to come home and that God hasn't rejected her and left her. And I'm like, God, I can hear it now. Ah, ah, call the police right in the middle of subway, you know, I mean, or something. And God just wouldn't leave me alone. I said, Lisa, go pull the car around because if it's not God, I can run out real quick, jump in the car, and and they'll never find us at the condo in Florida. Okay, but you know, stupid things like that go into your mind. Okay, I got to have a plan B. But I I sat down and said, hey, I'm I'm just a Christian. I think God wants me to just share a little bit with you. I know that may be different for you, but is that possible? She goes, no. She goes, no, please. She kind of just like, no, please. I told her that, and then she said, you know, I'm a pastor's daughter that's run away. And I wanted to get away from the church. I've moved three hours away, and I can't run away from God anymore. See? Are you? And then I went, okay, Lisa. It's okay, you can put it in park. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you, you got to go, Lord, it's got to be you. But when God says, I care, could I say anything? You know, Pastor, when he opened in prayer, and I'll close with this, when he opened in prayer, he goes, God cares about people and their needs. When I say needs, in other words, they're real genuine things, they're stuff. He really cares about all of that. That's what we read today. That's what we see today. That's the kind of thing that we understand when God is, you you know what I'm saying? And that's where God is today. And pastor prayed it. I came with this specific message for this church, and apparently God wanted to speak to lives. Can you, would you just close your eyes for a moment as as I just say a couple things, pray for you, and then turn it over to pastor? You know, and again, closing your eyes is not some special thing. It's, it's not this mystical thing. It's, you, don't get, you don't get sidetracked or, or distracted. It's, it's you and God, and you're hearing my voice. If we can't be honest in this setting, in a church of this level of trust and love and expression of who God is, man, where can we? I mean, really, where can we? And right now, to the Lord, just begin to tell him right now. I'm telling you, just tell him. Just pour out your heart right now. What did Bartimaeus do? Have mer- I mean, have mercy on me. That's it. I mean, simple. That's as simple as it gets. And Jesus was like, I respond to that. I respond to that. That simple outcry. I respond. And look what he got. He got touched by the Lord. Exactly what he needed. Lord, I pray for people here today. Lord, they will not. I refuse to let them walk out, and I believe you refuse too, Lord. It's up to them, but I refuse to let you walk out of here the way you came in. You know, we sang a song, the first song, the first service, I was talking with someone. I went, how did I miss those words? It says, shame, you got it. We check you at the door. You're not welcome in here, that whole thing. I'm sitting here going, man, they're preaching my message. You see, It's about, but you have to toss it off. The Lord says, I'm here. What do you want? Toss those things off right now. What does that cloak look like for you? Toss it off. Set it aside. And I'm not putting it back on. God, here it is. And not only that, it's in those ways that God touches us. We have the ability to go, I'm going to help other people walk through their things. The ability that I have to walk with them. 
Lord, right now, young or old, every person in here, Lord, Lord, here I am. Lord, here's what's on my heart. And pastor's going to share just a little bit. It's, it doesn't have to all happen right at this second, but, you, but I want you to engage with God right now. I want you to engage, receive it, grab hold of it. Go, I'm not letting this go. God, yes, do it, do it, do it, do it. There's a young lady in this service that you know, sends me messages often about friends that she's praying for, people she's praying for, standing in the gap for. And I mean, I'm just so blessed by that all the time because she's believing for people that don't know Jesus to come to know the real Jesus, the one who sets people free, who touches the Bartimaeuses. Come on, you get what I mean? That touches their lives. Lord, I pray right now that every person, Lord, is, is, is just covered in a cloak of righteousness. Lord, I pray right now that they would sense your overwhelming love in their life right now. Lord, to break, oh, break off those cloaks of all the things that it represents in their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You go, Tommy, you don't know the depth. Well, okay, I don't. But guess who does? He knows the depth of where you've been, where you are, and and if you'll allow him, where you're going. Lord, touch their life right now. Touch their life right now. I'm telling you, the the touch of God is here right now. Believe for God for for this moment right now. Jesus, do it, do it, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord, do it, Lord, do it, Lord. I believe that we have the ability to do a victory dance just like Bartimaeus did when he followed Jesus the rest of the way. Not as a blind beggar, but part of the entourage. No, no, no. I'm, I'm with Jesus. Everyone that's here, I want you to know that Jesus. Not necessarily the Tommy Fogg Jesus, but that Jesus. The one we just read about. That I do my best to represent. That Jesus. Lord, be real in our lives today. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As pastor comes, just begin to just say, God, do it in my life. Do it in my life. Do it in my life. Do it in my life, Lord. Man, thank you so much for receiving. Just continue to just stay in that attitude of prayer, pastor. If you can just keep your eyes closed, I want to say something real quick. Um, Obviously, it starts out there story of blind Bartimaeus it says that they went into Jericho and they went out of Jericho according to theologians at that time there were a hundred thousand people that lived in the city of Jericho and they actually believed that one out of every four people were blind so statistically speaking that means that 25,000 people that lived in Jericho were blind the day that Jesus walked through now I find it really interesting that uh, you know, only one, as Pastor Tommy, as Tommy stated, the only one really responded to Jesus. So that literally means that 24,999 other blind individuals missed their moment. They missed their opportunity. So today I'm just saying that to say you have a, you have a, a heavy part to play in the moment. The second thing I want to say is this, is theologians also believe that not only was Barnabas blind, but they believe that Timaeus was blind, that literally that the blind were reproducing the blind. Now, this is why I said all that, because I believe this is from the Lord. I think there's some people in here that basically there's, there's things that you would call that are maybe weaknesses of your character, uh, struggles that you have. And, and you can go, you know, I'm, I'm like my mom in that, like my dad in that. And, and there's just things that, that you've just kind of accepted, said, well, I'll, I'll kind of always be this way. My mom was that way. My dad was that way. So I'm just going to be this way. I hope I'm making sense here. So understand that if Timaeus was blind and Bartimaeus was blind, that Bartimaeus could have easily said, you know, my dad's like this. My family's like this. I, I'm just going to stay like this. There's no need to rock the boat. It's our issue. It's what we're known as. I've, you know, my dad's got an anger problem. I'll always be angry. Mom's got this issue. She's fearful. I'll always be fearful, whatever it is. But, but I just I say that because I believe this is from the Lord, that if you actually ask him today, that he'll break some of those generational bondages over your life that you've been carrying and that you've, you've really just accepted in your life. So let me just pray into that, and I'll transition. Father, we thank you today that 
Your word says in Isaiah that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. Father, we know that iniquities are inborn traits, they're generational bondages, generational sin. So, Father, we simply ask today that freedom would come in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you, God, and the people here, you can name it to the Lord. God, that simply that thing that we've been wrestling with, that thing we've been fighting with, that thing we've accepted, that thing that we just said, well, I guess if my marriage will be this way or whatever. Father, we thank you today, God, that that thing is done. We thank you that the blood of Jesus draws a line in the sand today and says no more. God, that those generational things that are done, they're cut, they're broken off today in Jesus' name. Father, we surrender those things to you. And Father, we thank you simply for freedom today and that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you look up at me? In fact, go ahead and stand to your feet. Help you stretch your muscles a little bit. Um, this is all I said first service, and I'll just say it again. Um, obviously, what we saw there in the story, you know, Bartimaeus was healed immediately, and we don't really know anything of his story beyond that. But, but while Pastor Tom was preaching first service, I thought back to when Solomon, uh, we know King Solomon, David's son, when he had a dream, and in the dream, the Lord said, what do you want me to do for you? Very similar thing. And, and obviously in that moment, um, Solomon had an answer, that you would make me wise, that you would give me a discerning heart so I could lead your people. Now what's interesting is we don't know what happened with Bartimaeus from that point, but we do see what happened in Solomon's life beyond that point. In other words, we see the blessing of God come into his life, and we see it literally affect generations and so uh, I say that to say this is that the, the the thing that you ask the Lord today potentially has great significance to even change generations you know there's this side where I think a lot of times maybe um, you, you know let me say it maybe this way set up better that that when Pastor Tommy said hey what do you want today uh, you know there wasn't a countdown on the screen saying you got 30 seconds to decide Okay, and, and the reason I say that is because the decision that you made today, the question that you want to ask the Lord, potentially has great magnitude, not only for you, but also for your children, your grandchildren, and so forth. And so if you don't have, like, what that one thing is, it's okay. Uh, but we, what we do encourage you to do is go home, get with the Lord, right, that intimate place, that secret place, and simply ask Him to begin to tell you maybe what He wants to do in your life. Because the biggest thing is this, is not for you to throw out something. We're not, we're not blowing a candle off on a, on a, you know, on a cake, a birthday cake. We're not throwing a, a nickel in a well. You know, this is God we're talking about. And so it has the potential, once again, to be significant, to be powerful. So wouldn't it be good if we'd have His heart on it? Amen? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.